Welcome to the Mental Health and You podcast. This podcast brings you information and advice from across the Norfolk and Suffolk NHS Foundation Trust, with a range of teams, services and those who use them, sharing their experiences and wisdom with us every fortnight. Okay, we're very happy to be here to speak to you on the Mental Health and You podcast. Uh, my name is Vicky Malcolm. I'm an occupational therapist. I've worked for about one year now at NSFT. And I'm part of quite an innovative um, pilot project, which has been started by NSFT to run a new community mental health team for people who need long term rehabilitation because of severe and enduring psychosis. So it's called the Rehabilitation in Complex Psychosis Community Mental Health Team. And we've got Annabelle here. And would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Annabelle and I'm a volunteer with the NSFT for the um, rehabilitation team. I have an extensive history in um, with serious mental illness. Um, I was in hospital for seven years and I'm now out four years clear on Wednesday. I didn't know it was like the anniversary that was coming up, Annabelle. That's amazing. Yeah, four years on Wednesday. Amazing. Without one admission. Oh, that's fantastic. And it, does it feel like it's been a good four years? It's been a very good four years. It's been rocky, yeah. but yeah. it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just talk a bit about the background for this new team. So um, we were very lucky that NSFT decided to go forwards with the idea of a new community mental health team for people with complex psychosis and the impetus for this came from some of the longer term plans in the NHS to try and provide a better service of care for people with psychosis. So um, around the country there's about 370,000 people with serious mental illness and at times it's felt like the, the type of services that were needed to give them the best possible care haven't been in place. Um, so through the long term plan, the NHS in the UK in, in, in England decided to go forward with something called community transformation. And we're a part of that. So we are a pilot project, although we've been we've been told now that we're able to sort of go ahead with the project through to April 2024. And that after that will be a part of the ongoing funding for the trust, um, which is really exciting. Very exciting. Yeah. Um, so, Annabelle, you were actually involved in the project before I was. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it'd be really interesting to hear about how you first heard about it and, and how you got involved. Um, it started off, I, strangely enough, just went onto the web onto a website. I think it was the NSFT website and mm. um, found this uh, opportunity to help with the mental health system. I found that um, a group commissioned to co-produce the mental health system. Mm -hmm. um, so I started there and then we had a work stream for uh, rehabilitation. And that work stream brought me into the team of rehabilitation. And from then I have grown from, you know, the start of the project to now and I've seen it grow and it's been quite a good experience yeah yeah 
I think it's absolutely fantastic that service users were brought on board kind of before the staff really um, yeah so we sort uh, of um yeah molded the staff to what we wanted absolutely yeah quite right too and I think from what I understand from when I came on board the sort of things that service users were saying is that they wanted it to be a very kind of holistic team where all the different sort of functions um, and all the sorts of care that people needed could be provided within that team yeah and it was co-produced so it wasn't just staff it wasn't just patients it was a co-production of both and I feel that that really helped because it meant that we had both perspectives and it was Mm. quite good to have both perspectives taken into account rather than just us saying you know well you know I'm a um an expert by experience so I know everything or I'm I'm I've learned from books so I know everything well you don't and it does take co-production to present something as important as the mental health system yeah absolutely and also I guess that the group of service users that this team supports there may be people that might find it more difficult to get their views across and who might need more support to to do that patient involvement yeah yeah absolutely so then we went into a period of sort of putting the team together um, and during that time we tried to hire people who really wanted to work in a rehabilitation team so we looked a bit at what people's values were and NSFT has got some values-based interview questions which we used to try and determine that we're getting the right sort of people into the team so we've aimed to hire people that really wanted to work on helping people with their personalised recovery. You know, people might have a goal of getting a pet or starting a volunteer job or, you know, improving their home. It might not be the mental health goals that they want to work on straight away. It might be more about their quality of life and how they can have a meaningful recovery, even whilst having a mental health condition. But I think quality of life is affected by your environment. So Mm. if we can catch people's environment and what they like and what they what they feel is important in their lives that's the way forwards because if you don't have that environment then you're going to go round in circles because you're going to get not involved in these activities and then you know it's going to go in a complete circle and you're going to end up in a rut where you just like going round and round yeah absolutely and one of the groups that this team set up to work with is those people that are maybe in and out of hospital. So they might have had four admissions within two years. And the good thing about this team is we can go and see people wherever they are. So we can go and see people that live in their own homes, in housing associations, in supported accommodation or who are inpatients as well. So we've been doing a lot of work with people that are in hospital at the moment, trying to find what the best kind of environment is for them to then move on to, exactly as you're describing, really. And I think that's really important because if you've got somebody that works with you from the from the beginning of your discharge and they meet you in hospital and then they discharge your discharge with them, I believe you're more going to be more successful because yeah. you've you, you've met, made that uh, initial relationship before you've left hospital. So you trust that person. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, In terms of who we've hired into the team, so we've got a lot of different organisations that sit within the team and what we've tried to do is to set the team up to be hosted by NSFT but to have lots of different organisations within it. So we've got two social workers from Norfolk County Council, 
we've got two workers from Change Grow Live, which is the drug and alcohol service. So they're embedded within the team and they can work with us on things like people's substance misuse issues. We've also got um, two recovery workers and two peer support workers and also a, a recovery worker manager. And they're hired through the Together organisation, which is the organisation that does people's support work. And then we've also got a legal advisor, which is quite unusual for a team to have. Um, the legal advisor helps with things like debt issues with people that might be having legal trouble and can help to direct service users towards things like help with housing. Yeah, I think that's really important. The service user group that this team is set up to help are people who've got quite a complex mental health condition, um, for example, schizophrenia, and who might have found it difficult to um, contact services or to keep up regular support from services during their engagement previously. Um, some people call this group a hard to engage group, but we like to try and think about it a bit differently, that it's our job to find out what that person wants and then to try and support them in the way that they will accept and a way that they feel is appropriate. So we don't tend to use the term hard to engage, but we do tend to use the word creative engagement. And that might be about trying to help someone who's got a particular issue that they feel is very important in their life and, and an issue that they might accept help with from us. I'll give you an example. So we've been working with a budget, um, a, a special project about personal health budgets. And um, we've been doing things like you know, helping people to get curtains for their accommodation, helping people with things like moving costs where that would help their mental health and helping people with, you know, getting into, for example, the gym. Um, if they feel like they would like to go to the gym, we've been able to sort of fund that through the personal health budgets. So trying to identify with people what it is that would help them in their life and then trying to help them with that is a great way to get people on board with the idea of engaging with the community mental health team. I don't believe anyone is hard to engage. I I believe that you're obviously not engaging them in the in the right path. If yeah. you feel hard to engage, that's because you're not doing your your duty to that person. Because yeah. everyone will engage if they are engaged in terms. Like if someone said to me today, Oh, you know, let's go to the park and play football, I'd say go away. But if they said to me, um, Annabelle, would you like to do some craft? I'd be like, yeah, 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 yeah. And that would be it. That would be me on that line. It's not because I don't want to engage or I'm hard to engage. It's because that's not something that I feel would engage me. Yeah. And everyone has their own personal engagement. And that brings us back to the low caseloads of this team, really. So having those low caseloads means that people can go out and see service users regularly. Um, and that that can mean that you can be consistent and available for those sort of activities so that people can build up some trust with services again. Yeah, it's that trust that you need. If you take someone out bowling and then you start talking, you know, you're going to get a lot more response than if you say to someone, right, let's meet in uh, the office at 10 o'clock. They're going to be a bit more on edge and less likely to engage. So like, yeah, just engage people in what they believe that is important in their life what's meaningful for them may not be what's meaningful for you but for them that's how they'll engage because that's something that's meaningful meaningful for them oh that's beautifully said <laughs> 
Um, another thing we should talk about just briefly is about people's physical health. So obviously, when someone's got a serious mental illness, they might have physical health conditions for all sorts of reasons. One could be that they've been unwell and they've not been able to take care of themselves as best they would have wanted to. Another one can be things like side effects from medication, unfortunately, especially mm -hmm. some of the antipsychotics can make people or potentially have other cardiovascular risks as well. Um, so the team is really trying to be very hot on supporting people with their physical health. And one um, staff member that we've got starting soon that we're very excited about is a physician associate. So this is someone that's trained in elements of supporting physical health care. And this member of staff is really going to help us with things like getting people their physical health checks. Mm -hmm. So we're really looking forward to that because we feel like you can't really separate separate someone's physical and their mental health. Yeah, mental health can affect physical health. Physical health can affect mental health. And in my experience, physical health is uh, is not really dealt with appropriately and I believe that this team could offer physical health I've seen them taking someone to the gym you know and things like that mm -hmm. yeah it's definitely something that we want to try and focus on quite strongly you probably mentioned on the podcast we've got another special guest in the background occasionally Annabelle <laughs> sorry about that that's Lily Rose <laughs> she is the uh resident dog <laughs> and um her picture is up on the wall in the office yeah because she's so beautiful <laughs> she's on our pet wall she sits above my desk <laughs> um but sorry about that she's decided she wants to cry and there's nothing i can do it's worth commenting on though that i think um is it fair to say that she's she's been quite a, a good contributor to your own she's been, recovery she's been an amazing contributor to my recovery um yeah. you know it's just someone that's someone something there and and if you're just feeling a bit low she just sits there with you you can stroke her she's yeah. really important to me and to my recovery yeah um, and yeah she's very important my little lily yeah. rose she's called yeah and i think like bringing it back to the team you know i've been really proud of the way that the team have been able to sort of work with creative goals like helping to get people pets i mean that's actually yeah. been something that we've managed to do for a service user and I have um, spoken about pet dogs because they're really important too. If you can get a pet yeah. dog involved, because, yeah, absolutely. And and it often what it does is it takes the focus away from the meeting. So you yeah. can have a you can have a conversation with someone, and if there's a dog or something there, it takes mm -hmm. the focus away. So it's not you sitting there talking to someone. You're talking to someone whilst I don't know stroking the dog, washing the dog. Yeah brushing the dog walking the dog you know there's all sorts of things you can do with the dog yeah that can open up conversation with somebody who's finding it difficult to communicate I mean absolutely at one point I had um this team that looked after me and if I was in distress then I'd press the red button they'd ring and the yeah. first question they would ask was how's Lily because they knew that yeah. Lily was the way to my emotions yeah yeah yeah. So it gave them that that knowledge that there was someone that yes. you cared about that they could communicate with you about. Yeah, and I think that was really important. So if we could do that, that would be really important. Yeah, absolutely. The rest of the staff that I haven't mentioned so far. So just like most community mental health teams, we've got mental health nurses and we've got occupational therapists. And the, the people that we've got doing that caseload holding job 
who are the care coordinators for the service users, they have about 15 people each. So that's quite different from the other community mental health teams where people might have 30 or 35 service users. And I um, think that's that that lower number is a lot better because not only do they get more individualized time, the person gets time to meet them, to understand them. And I think that's really important. Yeah. Yeah. So we've also got some kind of multidisciplinary team staff. We've also got a psychologist. And I think, you know, that's very, very important, especially when you're looking at trying to support people with psychosis. So they've got access to cognitive behavioural therapy um, and also they've got access to family work to support carers as well help them to understand how best to support their person so that's been something that we've been looking to make sure that people are trained up in as part of being in this team um, so that's covered a little bit about the staffing so yeah so Annabelle um, do you want to tell us a little bit about the project that we're running at rest at the moment so REST is um, a mind organisation that um, facilitates the um, meeting that we have. Um, mind uh, REST in mind has a nice cafe and um, yeah, it's a very nice environment. And anyway, so what we do at REST um, is we provide an activity for those within the rehabilitation team Often we'll do crafts or um, recently we've done some mood boards and um, affirmation jars and things like that. But anyone can come up with an idea if they feel that they want to do a particular activity one week. Yeah. Um, we've had people suggest that they wanted to do clay. So we put on a little clay activity and it's, re it's really quite um friendly and inviting there's free tea and coffee sometimes <laughs> and biscuits don't forget the biscuits absolutely <laughs> and um yeah it's a very good environment and um we are looking to expand to bring in more individuals and hopefully that will happen soon mm -hmm. but at the moment we're running on a couple of people a week but we would like more yeah yeah and that's open to all service users who are under the rehab team yeah i think what's great about it as well is because it's based at the rest resource center it gives them a chance to come in and see all of the other activities that happen yeah rest. and it's sort of like a, a springboard as they call it isn't it yeah yeah yeah. like you can go in and you can just go even if you don't feel like doing the activity if you just want to talk or you want to yeah. sit and listen to other people talk it's a really nice activity and it's somewhere where it's nice calm relaxing and people understand that mental illness is a thing yeah absolutely and um something else we've been doing to do with rest is we've been trying to make you an official volunteer haven't we yeah hopefully soon <laughs> filling out forms and forms and interviews and oh gosh so nsft recently reopened the um application process for volunteers and so they asked us if we wanted to have a volunteer role within rest and we've been working on creating a job description for you to apply to yeah and i'm really hoping that i get it soon because it's, yeah. I, I love doing it on a thursday i do every thursday religiously one two three <laughs> yeah um but it would be nice to be i know i'm recognized as a team member yeah, but it would like it would be nice to be officially recognised as a team member on paper. Yeah, absolutely. We really, it's it's, and it's 
made me grow as a person from when I first started to now. I've really grown as a person and feel like I have the ability from the team they've given me the confidence that I can do something and I really want to go on to do OT now because of the way that the OTs have treated me. I think you make a wonderful OT. I look forward to seeing that in the future. Hopefully. (laughs) Annabelle, you were a big part of our very successful launch event when we then started the team in September and um, I'd love to hear about what that was like from your point of view. For me, it was a really, it was interesting. It was insightful. Um, I really enjoyed being able to go on the stage, have my say. Um, Guess what? I had a longer queue for my activity than for cake. And you know, that's always good if you're beating cake. (laughs) Um, um, And I just spoke about my history, how I became involved in the mental health system, how I, you know, why I spent so long there and things like that and how the team has helped me to grow from what I was to what I am now. And I did a little activity um, about where everyone had to make an origami dog and put it on an on a paw print uh, board uh, with a comment of what they thought rehabilitation was. Yeah. Um, and it was it was well responded to. I still have the poster with all the little dogs on because it meant so much to me to be able to be involved in the launch event at first and also be such a uh, influential role um I even had someone come up to me and say that I've given them hope for their daughter who had autism and um given her hope that you can do things autism doesn't mean you you can't do anything it just means that you have to deal with things in a different way being neurodivergent is not wrong Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, hopefully the world is starting to understand that. Um, I also think that, you know, in some ways the world is becoming more understanding about mental health conditions. Um, but yeah, I think it's less of a taboo. You, you, sometimes I find it difficult if I if I'm trying to make a friend, which I'm very find very difficult. It's like, how do you explain yourself without people then running away? Mm-hmm. And I think that's something we need to we still need to work out as a society how we deal with people's mental illness and how things like schizophrenia or schizoaffective or whatever doesn't mean that they're murderers or that they're going to do this or they're going to do that. It just means that they need to deal with the world in a different way. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the team is really important in that we can support people to overcome some of those barriers and some of that stigma that they might feel they face. Yeah, and maybe and maybe just to have the confidence to like go and try new things that they want to do. And when they're coming out, if they know that you know there's a team around them that will support them with those activities, that will make them have a good mental health. Because mm-hmm. if you're staying at home all the time, or you're in hospitals, for instance, and you're not going out to do activities, you're not seeing different people, you become institutionalized, and then you're stuck but if you've got a team that then comes in and supports you until you actually have the ability and you have the confidence to leave the hospital leave the institutionalization and learn that there are things in life that you can do yeah and that the team really I believe supports in that sense that you know they go into the homes they go into the the um, hospitals they bring you out they do the things there's so many people in the team to help you with anything like we've said law issue law 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 issues um 
physical health, mental health. There's someone for everything, OT. There's a bit of everything for someone. And it's not like when you come into the team, you're told, right, you can only do this and it has to go in this particular way. Your mm-hmm. pathway is your pathway, which is individualised. Mm-hmm. So if you feel that uh, something's important to you, then that's what we should focus on. Yeah, And I absolutely. feel the team's really good with that focusing on what's good for that person. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being my guest on the podcast, Annabelle. It's been really, really <laughs> useful to hear your insights. Thank you. And we've heard a little bit from Lily as well. Of course. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to make sure you don't miss a future episode. Let us know what you thought of this episode by reaching out on social media. If you haven't already, listen back to previous episodes to hear some of the best mental health advice for you.